0: following message is presented by Fellowship Bible Church from its weekly pulpit ministry. We offer an expositional study through entire books of the Bible, one verse, paragraph, or chapter at a time. We pray that you'll be blessed by listening in. Thanks for visiting. Welcome to everybody here at the church. Welcome to those of you that are online. We're going to try to do this Zoom call again as we did last month and the month before that. I think we have settings that will work this morning, uh, but we're going to give it a try. So, Bear with us if there are some technical difficulties. Uh, this morning, we have the great privilege to have Jeremy and Damaris Dodelaire with us. And there, there they are on the big screen. We go Hello. Hey, hello. Welcome. We're so glad you. that you're with us. Uh, someday you'll be with us in three dimensions, but here you're with us in two dimensions, OK? <laughs> so um, trusting that you can see uh, the auditorium, the folks here, and, uh, or and me, depending on how the camera angles are uh, are at right now. But anyway, um, let's pray, begin. And then uh, Jeremy and Damaris have sent ahead a short video for us to watch. So after I'm done praying, we're going to have Dwayne press play on that videotape and uh, roll that and see how that works. And then we'll have a little, potentially, Q&A if you have any questions. And then for the remainder of the time, uh, Jeremy and Damaris will uh, share the word and testimonies, and uh, they've kind of uh, thought through how they want to do the rest of the time together. So that's what we'll do. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, it's a great privilege for us to be able to connect with uh, those, our partners, overseas. And uh, you know we have prayed for them over the years, very often in our Wednesday night prayer meetings, and it's been seven years since we have seen them. So, Lord, it's a great blessing for us during this time to be able to interact and and have a a meeting with them just for a short amount of time. Lord, fill this time with your blessing. May you guide Jeremy and Damaris as they share with us, and we pray for them and their children and their ministry, and we commend them to you. Help us with the technology that all will go well. Thank you for those who are watching online. We pray that the experience will be of interest to, to them and work well also. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. 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 Okay, here's the video.
1: Our efforts to share the gospel in the city of Amiens have taken many forms over the years. Track distributions. Bible clubs, establishing contacts through various social activities, giving out calendars are some of the ways that we've done that. Of course, the current events have significantly changed the way we reach out to people, but despite the pandemic, two lockdowns, and the current curfew, the Lord has led us to meet several people, and through a simple conversation, we're able to share. About the Lord. We never thought that when we created a website to help us in our outreach efforts here in Amiens, it would have such a broad impact. Since the beginning of the year, we have sent out an average of 10 Bibles per week to people across the country. Please pray for these people to let the Holy Spirit convince them of their need of salvation and for the Lord to lead Christians on their path. We praise the Lord for the opportunities that He has given us among the youth. The current conditions have, of course, forced us to change the way we minister. We are grateful, however, that by conducting online Bible clubs, we've been able to share more about God's love and grace.
2: Bonjour les enfants. J'espère que vous allez bien et que vous n'êtes pas trop lassés par toutes ces histoires de confinement. Oh, mon Dieu est si grand, si fort et si puissant, rien n'est impossible à mon Dieu.
1: Please remain in prayer for these young people and for their parents. We rejoice that they are keeping an open mind about spiritual matters, but they have yet to open their hearts. Over the years, you have prayed with us that we would find an adequate meeting place and then rejoice with us when we started renting a facility in downtown Amiens. As you well know, in order to use the building for church activities, we first had to bring it up to code. With the help of my father-in-law, Tim Nerkebacher, This renovation process started in June of last year after France's first lockdown. We first had to tear down the ceiling to replace it with one-hour fireproof sheetrock. The same material also had to be installed on some of the walls that connect with the other tenants. To meet the accessibility requirements, we also had to break down the walls of the restrooms to expand its surface. Following the second lockdown, we hired a professional to install a suspended ceiling to which we added new lightings. We recently started painting the main room in the children's room. We still have a little bit of plumbing to finish in the restrooms. Then we still need to install the emergency exit blocks and fire extinguishers. Though we have had several unexpected obstacles, such as water damage on one wall, and even some of our power tools being stolen, it is certainly exciting to see the end of the tunnel. This is certainly a time of adapting and trusting. Though we were able to have camps last summer, after applying the required sanitary protocol and limiting the event to one week instead of two, we have no certainty yet about the government allowing camps this summer. We will, however, prepare as if everything was normal and then adapt to the situation, whatever that may be. We thus must continue to trust God, submit to His will, and pray to be allowed to have camps. Please pray for the Lord to help the camp staff in the preparation of Bible studies and sermons, logistics, and activities. When I am not spending my time at the building and taking care of the usual aspects of ministry, I continue to teach my New Testament courses online for the IBBL. This semester, I'm teaching New Testament history and Romans. (laughs) Brother Abbott and I have also been helping the church in Champigny, a southeast suburb of Paris. Please pray for us to be a blessing and to be a sound counsel for this church who is currently without a pastor. This update would not be complete if I did not mention anything about our boys. Adam is in 8th grade and will turn 14 on May 13th. He normally plays ping pong in the local club but hasn't been able to because of the pandemic. He also loves to play soccer, enjoys reading and playing video games. He really enjoyed his first teen camp last summer and is looking forward to go back. Abel is in second grade. He turned 8 on January 27th. He is definitely our family clown. He runs super fast, loves school, enjoys playing outdoors, and likes dismantling his toys to try and put them back together. This summer will be his first camp. Anthony will turn 4 on April 13th. He is our little goofball. He's in preschool. He loves to play with Abel and enjoys having Adam read him books. They also enjoy their bunnies, cookie, and clin d'Oeil. that is French for wink, because she only has one eye. Adam and Abel often share with us their desire to visit the U.S. once again. However, mm-hmm. the current situation makes it difficult for us to prepare our next furlough, and thus have not set any date yet. Here are some prayer requests and praises we'd like to share with you. We praise God for a recent generous gift from a supporting church to help us purchase the last materials for the renovation of the building. Please pray for more opportunities to share the gospel and to interact with Elvis and Christelle, Majid and Karine, François and Maïté, Thomas and Hélène, Elouane, Mathurin, Lucas, Kelion, Marie-Lou, and their parents, Christian, who is the landlord of the church building, And pray also for the other building tenants. And please pray for our neighbors to whom we have given gospel calendars last Christmas. Please pray for renewed physical strength to complete the renovation project. Please pray as well for finances to cover the shipping of Bibles. And pray for the building to be instrumental in our outreach efforts. Finally, pray for the situation in France. The current COVID situation here and the slow vaccination process has led the government to implement, as of yesterday, a four-week-long localized lockdown in several regions, including ours. This third lockdown appears to be more flexible. We are still allowed to meet as church, and it seems like we will be able to continue the renovation work at the building. However, I will not be able to travel to Champigny to preach. We'd like to thank you for this opportunity to share with you about the ministry in France, and we thank you for your faithful prayers and for your support throughout the years. May God bless you.
0: Okay, looks like we can close that video down. Just hit the X there. There we go. Okay, good. All right, now we're seeing... Jeremy and Damaris again. Does anyone have any questions at this point for them? If not, that is fine. If you do, that's fine also. None? Okay, Jeremy and Damaris, we're gonna let you take the rest of the time and maybe if there's another question at the end, we can squeeze that in, okay?
3: Right. Thank you very much. Well, we were grateful to be able uh, to be with you this morning and to uh, use this uh, unusual way, this platform to uh, be able to uh, share with you about the situation here in the ministry. And we're thankful for this time that you've given us to to do this. Uh, I'll just let Damaris uh, say a few words of uh, testimony and then uh, we'll open uh, God's word. But I just want to say that we're thankful for everything that you've done for us. Uh, We know of your prayers and your support. We've appreciated the the cards with the pictures of the families in the church and all that. And it's such a blessing to have a church family like yours uh, supporting us in all these different ways. And we want to praise God for that. Thank you. Yes, I echo
2: Jeremy about the cards. We just love them. At christmas time it was such a special thing to receive all these handwritten cards and this is really rare for us to find handwritten cards and we really want to thank you for just thinking through those things and getting organized and i know it takes a long time to get here but um it was such a blessing and such a special special thing to receive from you thank you um When I was trying to think about what to share with you this morning, um, I, I just want to share what what the Lord has really worked in my heart a little bit in the past uh, year, as you can you all know it 's been a difficult year, but um, looking back, I really uh, am so thankful about how God gets us ready um, to face things that are hard for us and um, <clears throat> I remember in November of two thousand and nineteen um really feeling in my heart that we needed to start like a tradition in our family about being thankful. And um, <clears throat> every night during our story time, um, now we get a little notebook and everybody gets to say something they're, they're thankful for during the day. And um, I never knew what an impact that would have in our life for the next year that was coming. But now that I look back, I am um, so thankful that we started that faithfully. And you know, <clears throat> our our thoughts are so easily um, uh, moved and uh, um, influenced by the things that are around us, the negative things that are around us. And I am um uh, Part of that, I know that my my thoughts are very hard sometimes to rein in and to um, uh, to fix my thoughts on things that are positive. And uh, I know that uh, God has given us so many things to be thankful for, and very often we concentrate on the few things that we that bother us and that are um, uh, hard for us to take. but um, <clears throat> it is so important for us to be, Thankful for the things that we have, for the things that God has done for us, and even try to find the things that, um, we don't think about every day, you know? Um, but this, this time has been special for our family. We were able to, um, do homeschooling for the first time. We've never done that before. And it was, it was really a challenge and I have a lot more respect for all the families that homeschool. But, um, it was also a time where we could just get together, um, pray together in the morning, get the day started well and, and take time to sit with our boys and find the special gifts that they have and just Um, It was a good time for us. But um, the Lord has been really um, bringing me back to those verses in Philippians uh, 4, verse 4 to 8. I'd like to read them to you because they're really precious. And we don't always... go back to them, but to me, they, they come back very often to my mind, and I'm thankful to the Lord for bringing those verses back to my mind, because they help me focus on the things that are really important, and not um, the trivial things, or the things that could really um, bog me down, and keep me um, unfocused on the things that are important. So, Philippians 4, verse 4 to 8, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, <laughs> whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And uh, that is a very good way to keep my thoughts focused on the Lord because he's all these things to me and everything around me um, is often the contrary. So I'm glad that um, God has put these words in his word, and I can focus on these things in my life. Thank you for listening, and uh, we really love you, and we pray for you, and we hope you guys are doing well, even in this hard time. We love you. Bye.
3: Well, again, we're thankful for this uh, opportunity to be with you this morning and to uh, be able to share about the ministry this year. And last year, uh, has, it's been quite different for everyone. And, uh, one verse that has come up to, to me recently is, uh, the verse in Proverbs 19 verse 21. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. And we all had projects. We all had plans for the things that we wanted to do or accomplish, uh, last year or even this year. Uh, for us, of course, the building project, the renovation project has been a main focus of our ministry, trying to get things done so that we would be able to, uh, use that, uh, building for the ministry. But when we reflect, when I reflected on all this situation with the pandemic and the consequences it has had on on people, on businesses, governments, worldwide. Uh, I am just amazed at how easily man's projects, plans have withered away. Uh, in best situations, they have been put on hold for a later time, in worst cases, they have been completely abandoned or canceled. And it just reminds us of the contrast that exists between our plans And God's plan. The reality is that the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. That's not going to change. It's there forever. As the psalmist says also in Psalm 33, the counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. And it is really reassuring to us Christians to have that truth and to live it. And this pandemic certainly seems to have ruined the plans of many people. And in best cases, made it difficult. But we have to look, as I said, at God's plan as being the focus and the priority of our lives. Some Christians have seen this crisis and especially government's uh, decisions uh, as a detriment to God's work. But I really beg to differ. When I think of this situation, I was uh, looking through the book of Ezra with this event of the reconstruction of the temple, and I had to put that in in parallel in relationship with our situation here in France, because it really shows us uh, some important information about doing God's will and, I would say, the reality of being involved in God's work uh, here in France and other places around the world, the, the the big thought that came to my mind is that doing God's will will not ensure does not ensure that our endeavor is going to be easy or effortless or even quick. And when we look at the book of Ezra, it's a uh, when when King, King Cyrus in the first verses uh makes this proclamation for the people of. Judah of Israel to be able to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. Uh, we see that the, the Lord is the one who initiated everything. It says in verse one, now in the first year of King of Cyrus, King of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, King of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing saying, Thus saith Cyrus, King of Persia, the Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him an house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. So to put things back in context, we have the people of Judah in captivity for seventy years in Babylon, they've been exiled, and we have a people who has yearned for the day that they would be able to return to the holy land. So in the first year of King Cyrus' reign, the desire of their hearts becomes a reality. And the king allows them to go back to Jerusalem, He even returns the treasure of the temple for the people to go back to Judah. And as we read further along, we see the the, the passion and uh, the joyfulness, the excitement of God's people when they come together in unity, giving away their belongings to finance this endeavor. And we see them uh, go to jerusalem and uh, try to to fulfill this goal of rebuilding the temple the first thing that they did was to reinstate the sacrifices to build an altar to the lord and it shows us that the desire to to worship god their desire to be Uh, connected with God through the sacrifices was even more important than the rebuilding of the temple. But it tells us also that once they arrived in Jerusalem, that they built the altar, it took another two years, two years for them to finally start working on the foundations for the temple. We see the workers uh, they're sweating it out. We see the Levites and the priests. They're singing <laughs> uh, on the side. They're encouraging the workers. We see the people together and worshiping, praising God. They sing together in Ezra chapter 3, verse 11. It tells us, about uh, this, they sang together by chorus and praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout. And when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. As I said, I just cannot help myself to just think about our situation and how joyful we were to be able to finally find a building. That we thought, okay, just a few things here and there to, to to change and we'll be able to move in and start our services there. But that wasn't the case. Here in this event, we see that soon after they had started the work on the foundation, the reality of ministry, the reality of serving God, strikes the people with adversity. In chapter 4, in the first three verses, we see that the first difficulty was having to make a difficult a difficult choice. We had the people who had lived in the land of Israel during the whole time of captivity and I remember these were uh, some remnants of Israel that had mixed up with other people because that was uh, the, the king's uh, politics to mix up people to have a better grip on them. But we have a Mix of Jewish people with pagans. And it's not just in marriages and building families together, but we have a mix also in religion because this group of people is a group of people that later on uh, became this, what we know as the Samaritans. And we know the difficulties that the Jewish and the Samaritans had. I think of John chapter four with the Lord speaking to the Samaritan woman. And you have an idea of the differences and the struggles that these two people had. But here, this group of people comes to, uh, the, 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 the children of Israel and offer their help. Hey, we want to rebuild the temple too. We've, we've been worshiping God the same way you've done, uh, the, the whole time that you were away in captivity and we want to help you. And here's the first choice. The first choice was either accept the offer and then compromise because here's a group of people who really did not do the things the same way or did not worship God the same way. And so they had to make this difficult choice of saying, no, uh, the king has told us to build the temple. We're going to obey to that, and we're not going to be using your help, but no, thank you. And that was a good choice because soon after we see that same group of people who was so willing to help build the temple work against them being hostile to uh, the work of renovation. And in verse four, we see that uh, they started to discourage the people, to weaken them. They started to intimidate them, uh, troubling them. And so it was a difficult time there for the people of Israel. They could have chosen uh, an easy path to do things quicker. Now I have to be, uh, I have to say this is that uh, throughout the years here in France, uh, we've had some pastors or missionaries tell us, you're wasting your time there. You should go over and help take over some of a church that's already established here in France and do something there. Sounds good. Looks like a good plan. It's pretty easy. <laughs> it was, certainly would have looked nice in our prayer letters and our presentations. But we knew where God wanted us to be. And here the hostility uh, is clearly uh, uh, a way for the, the the people of Israel to realize that what they're doing is something important, but also that uh, it doesn't come without effort and struggles. And so when these group of uh, the enemies of Israel saw that th- they Attempts to discourage the people and to stop the, the renovation work, well, that did not do anything. That's when they started to, uh, they resorted to corruption, uh, false accusations. In verses 6 through 22 of the fourth chapter, we see this. And we even see that this whole matter built up a situation that became violence. In verse 23, they went up in haste to Jerusalem and to the Jews and made them to cease by force and power. Now, I thank God that we have not faced such hostility. We have faced some obstacles, but not such hostility. But what it shows me is that even if we have uh, Christians who are strong-willed and full of faith, who refuse compromise or easy success, uh, nor falls into the, the abyss of despair and discouragement, nor frights before intimidation, he cannot, however, Avert the evil-minded, relentless attempts to prevent the achievement of our God-given goals. Though God's people stood strong, their plan to rebuild the temple was halted. It stopped, and it stopped for several years. It was finally at the impulse of the prophets Haggai and Zechariah that Zerubbabel and Jeshua resumed the work 15 years later. What we see is their determination and courage initiated another inquest which caused their case to be brought up to King Darius. Because this too, you have to realize that between all uh, these years, uh, you had King Cyrus and now King Darius. You had changes in the governments. But here is what Darius says. He says, uh, look at Ezra chapter 5, verse 5. We see that, uh but the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews that they could not cause them to cease till the matter came to Darius. And then they returned answer by letter concerning this matter. So they, they keep harassing God's people. They try to reach out to the king to do something about it. But then King Darius makes a, a wonderful proclamation where he authorizes once again the people of Judah to rebuild the temple. And so King Darius finally puts an end to all the opposition. And now we're in, in, in 520 BC, the orders the reconstruction to resume. And about three or four years later, the temple is finally rebuilt. So from the initial authorization of King Cyrus to the de- dedication of the temple, we have about 20 years that have passed. What we must realize is that we may have plans and projects, or even timeframes? And I, I tell you this uh, several times. You know, people ask me about the renovation project, and several times I said, "Well, oh, maybe in the month or two, I think we, we should be able to finish that." <laughs> several times in my mind, I thought, "Well, this is going to be about the month that we'll be able to use this building," and it fell through. Our plans do not prevail most of the time. But when we align our plans with God's plan and we just submit to his will and his timing, God's plan prevails. And so the return of God's people to the promised land and the reconstruction of the temple was not the consequences of good timing, nor ideal circumstances, not even a supportive government. What did we read first in the first verses of chapter 1? That God is the one who stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. He's the one who allowed adversity by which he put his people to the test. And in the end, it is God's victory. And we, his people, we beneficiate of God's victory. So it tells us that doing God's will is not going to be easy. And it's going to take time, and there's going to be opposition, but this truth must stick to our minds and our hearts that God's will prevail. His plan will always take place. Now, this also reminds me of another passage in the New Testament. If you want to look in the book of Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16 and here uh for me the lesson is that having a good project does not necessarily mean it is God's will. If you look through uh the uh 10 uh, 13 verses of Acts uh chapter 16 we discover something fascinating regarding being engaged in the ministry uh and regarding God's will. We read, Paul came also to Derby and Lystra and the disciple was there named, named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by brothers of Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered them to them for the observance, the decisions, that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. And note this, verse 5. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. So what do we have here? We have success. We have, well, here's a plan. We came to Derby and Lystra, and we did something great. We were able to strengthen the faith of the churches there, the people there, and the churches were growing in numbers. That is great. That is success. But then verse 6, and they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we remain in the city some days. What I'd like to point out in this passage is that we see the apostle Paul who had plans, good plans, because we know that his motivation was to serve God, to glorify Christ and to preach the gospel wherever he went. He wanted to preach the gospel. So when he wanted to go west to Asia, his desire was to preach the gospel. But God's spirit says no. Then he plans to go up northeast but there too, God's spirit says no. So perhaps we understand that Paul wanted maybe to reproduce what he had done uh, and seen in uh, Derby and Lystra and have that sort of success in those areas. But what I would like really to point out here is that the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus is the one who prevented a good plan a good project to be fulfilled. So what we see in this passage is that it took a vision, but before it took a vision, it took God to close some doors for Paul to understand what God will was for his life. He finally understands that God's will uh, is for him to go to Macedonia. But what is really interesting is that it is a conclusion. And a conclusion requires a reflection. It is a logical response of a reasoning. So what it tells us is that in verse 10, when he concluded, they concluded that God wanted them to go to Macedonia and implies that they had a thought process And they did not follow their hearts, but they followed God's word. Remember the first verse that I mentioned in Proverbs, that's our hearts. In our hearts, we have many plans, many devices. But God's plan is what will stand forever, right? So, of course, when we read these verses, the big question for us is, why? Why did God prevent Paul to go to those areas? God will guide us, of course, by closing doors and opening others. And it is our responsibility to to see that, to be wise, to in some way stop banging our heads on the closed door and trying to force our way through. And when we do that, of course, we don't see the door that's open, by the way. <laughs> The principle here is very similar to uh, what we see with with cattle, with with sheep. Uh, you've probably seen some images of uh, shepherds in Great in Britain with their uh, dogs and the way that they're able to maneuver this sheep. Where they, they 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 want them to go that way, they will make them go that way. And it's very impressive how they manage to do that. But God will do the same thing with us if we see the open door. We must conclude that this is where God wants us to de- do to be, sorry. <laughs> but when we see uh the door that is closed, we should not try to force that way. Please take note as well that God did not prevent them from preaching the gospel, okay? God's plan is for the gospel to be preached all around the world. And God did not prevent that. But God guided Paul and his companions to the place where God knew that people will be responsive and people were ready. And if you read through this chapter, you'll see uh, about the conversion of Lydia and the conversion of the uh, prison guard. So most likely it was not the right time for Paul to go to those areas. And then when we look and study the New Testament and the history, we realize that those areas anyways were later later, uh, evangelized, some by Paul himself, others Apollos or even Peter, but there is a timing and the timing is God's. Most likely what we see here is God showing us that he knows better than us. We might have good projects or good plans that stem through that commandment. Well, God wants us to preach the gospel. Well, let's go preach the gospel. And this place oh there, let's go to this place. But we have to be careful that this is truly God's word, uh, will for our lives. So once God's plan is made clear to us, that's when we must pursue it. Now we shared with, uh, with you years back about our testimony of how the Lord led us to, to join the Abbott family and to come here to Amiens. And it was uh, to us uh, in, in a miracle way because it wasn't that we were looking to do this. Um, it was just a thought that one evening during a camp that God put on my heart's, just thinking, what would it be like to work with Carrie and Susan in church planting ministry? That was not really what I was pursuing. I was working at the IBBL, working with the teens in the church. I was not looking forward to be in this type of ministry of church planting. And that same evening, after the meeting at camp, uh Carrie and, and Susan came to us. And Carrie said, you know, we've put a lot of thoughts and prayers to whom we'd like to work with and you, you, the Maris and you, you're the kind of couple that we would like to work with. So I was like, wow, that's, that's strange. <laughs> I, I started to see that as a sign. And then my father-in-law was also there at the camp and he wanted also to talk with us about, I suspect the possibility of us working together with uh, with the abbots and he comes there and says, oh, good, you're all there. I'd like to just give you Uh, a suggestion of what kind of ministry you could do together. And, And from that point, we knew that was our open door. When we look at the situation today with this pandemic, we certainly would not call this an ideal situation for the gospel ministry. Think of it. A lot of churches, their buildings had to be closed. Uh, we've been forbidden to go and visit others in their houses. But we must look where the door is open. We've been able, even with the restrictions and lockdowns, be able to go out a little bit if it was just for a 45-minute walk. Even during a 45-minute walk, we would meet people. And people, when you have such crisis, they are more inclined to talk. They share more about themselves. We've seen people in the news just just declare on public television, I am depressed. Now, how many of us would have the honesty to say such thing to people, uh to the whole country about depression? For most people, people are ashamed of being depressed. We have people who are stressed out, depressed, and here... We have an open door, and that open door is for us to live this Christian life in plain sight. We have people stressed out, depressed, discouraged, or just not knowing what's going to happen next, and we can show them God's peace, which surpasses all our understanding. We have people who are complaining more. We can show them contentment. A lot of people were complaining about, oh, we can't do this, we can't do that, and this and that and that. And as the Mary said, throughout the year, we have been sharing uh, thank yous each evening about what God has done or just simple things and all that. And this helps us to have a grateful perspective that even in such situations, God is good to us. Was it ideal for Paul later on in this chapter to to go to jail? That was not an ideal situation. Yet God's plan did work, right? The prison gone. His family. Now, the church, and I'm talking about not the church-haired friends, but the church of Christ worldwide. A lot of Christians and pastors have been able to seize that opportunity to, yes, change, adapt, not changing the message, not changing who we are as Christians, but maybe changing the way we interact with people. Churches were closed, but you know what? God did not say, invite the people to the church so that they can be saved. It, God, Christ told us to, to reach out, to go out to people. We have heard of many pastors telling us, you know, since we've had Zoom meetings or posting YouTube videos, we have have reached people, not just in our area, but outside of our area. In our situation, since the beginning of the pandemic, that's when we've seen an increase in Bible requests through the websites. And that we have shipped Bibles to southern France and eastern and western. And we even had some people from other places, uh, that sadly we don't ship to these places because they're in the Caribbeans and so forth. But we have people who are searching. We have people who have questions and we can seize this opportunity that maybe we don't see as ideal to share the gospel in a different way. And, you know, God has shown us that throughout the year, and we're, we're grateful for everything, even the obstacles that we've had with the renovations. But you know what? A, a, a building is not the goal. The building is an instrument that we want to use to reach more people. At this time, God says, not yet, not yet, not yet. But we're looking, we're <laughs> praying, and uh, we want to see that day that we can open those doors and invite people in, and put that address on our Bible Bible tracks, and so people know that they can come there and speak with us and things like that. But the building is not the goal. The goal is doing God's will. Being reminded that when you are doing God's will, expect. Things to be difficult, expect challenges, obstacles, and expect your time frame and your plans <laughs> not to be fulfilled or prevailing, but God's plan, yes. It teaches us that even if we have plans, good plans in our minds, such as Preaching the gospel here and there, or uh, doing this kind of activity, Uh, we 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 had to organize everything to have a family camp last uh, last year, and first lockdown. All right, can't do it this year, so we don't even know when we'll be able to do that. It was a good project. It would have been good, you know, for Christians to meet together and be encouraged, but that was not God's will. We must be reminded of the greatest goal. God's will is for us to share the lights of the gospel in order to win souls around us, all for the glory of God, following his plan and not ours. And this is truly something that has encouraged us and it's something that uh, several times my co-worker, Kerry Abbott, has reminded us, you know, even if we don't finish at this time, it's okay, it's all right, <laughs> Okay? And I'm just thankful and grateful for such a co-worker, grateful for churches like yours who pray for us and support us, encourage us through letters and uh, help us with uh, love offerings as well in our different projects. But we are happy. We are content where we are. And I just pray and hope that that is the case for each and every one of you, that you can see this whole situation as another way to serve God and to reach more people. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time you have given us together through this uh, unusual way. But we're grateful that we are able to do this. I'm just reminded of as a kid when sometimes my dad would have to uh, stay up uh, on a Sunday evening till two or three in the morning in order to to be with a, a church on the phone uh, <laughs> for their evening service. And I'm, I'm thankful for uh, the church there in Ann Arbor for their willingness and flexibility also to use the time slot in their the morning uh, Sunday school hour for us to share about the situation here and the ministry here. And Lord, we thank you that um, you have given us so many tools to do your will. And just help us to see your will and to make sure that our plans, our projects, they align with your will. And Lord, we pray that you would uh, find in each and every one of us uh, a faithful servant, uh, a good instrument in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Let me just uh, pray as well. Father, we pray your rich blessing upon the ministry that Jeremy and Damaris have been assigned. With their coworkers there, and we pray that you will. You've seen and you know all those requests altogether well that they put on their uh, prog- uh, their video about the building and that tool that seems to be uh, coming to a point of nearly being able to be used, and then, Lord, more importantly, for the body, for the people there that would join into a church by being born again and baptized and joining the membership. Lord, for the neighbors, for the uh, other tenants, for the names that were mentioned, each one, little uh, families or individuals. And so, Lord, we pray that you would work in preparing the heart's soil to receive the word at the appropriate time and that they will see Jeremy and Damaris as lights, as... uh, bright spots in the community who are joyful because they know Christ, and despite the difficulties that have been set upon us by this uh, pandemic and the global governmental response to it, Lord, may the work proceed, may it prosper, may it flourish, despite what everybody might say are obstacles. These might just be... uh, Doors closed that others may open, as our brother has said, and thank you for guiding us that way. Thank you for pushing us to do things that we weren't doing before to try to reach other people. And Lord, we commend them and their children and co-workers and the church and all that, is, that pertains to them, to you, and we pray that you'd smile upon them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. amen Amen. on behalf of fellowship bible church folks uh, jeremy and damaris we want to thank you for participating your visit has been a great uh, encouragement it's been uh, good to hear the exhortation from god's word and uh, i've been refreshed by your visit and i know that all of us have so thank you for taking the time out of your afternoon to do this and uh, Mm -hmm. we won't uh, call you at two in the morning. Uh, We'll try to keep this time slot for the next time, okay? (laughs) God bless you, you folks. Thank you you so much.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye -bye Bye-bye now.
0: Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. You too. Okay.